Thanks for listening to The Rest is Politics. Sign up to The Rest is Politics Plus to enjoy ad-free listening, receive a weekly newsletter, join our members' chat room and gain early access to live show tickets. Just go to therestispolitics.com. That's therestispolitics.com. Hi there, it's me, Alistair Campbell. Welcome to The Rest is Politics. Today, I want to introduce you to our exciting new podcast, Leading. Rory and I have decided to set up a dedicated interview feed and differentiate it from The Rest is Politics, the main podcast, because crucially, not all the interviews we're going to do will be with politicians. Every Monday, we're going to try and speak to people who are leading in their field or have led or could lead, or might lead, or want to lead. Could be presidents, policymakers, sports stars, religious leaders. We're going to be hosting some of the best and biggest names from many, many different walks of life. And we were both thrilled with our first guest for leading, former Deputy Prime Minister Michael Heseltine, still looking and sounding pretty good at 89 years of age. One of the biggest names in the history of British politics, Michael Heseltine discusses everything from his crucial role in the rise and fall of Margaret Thatcher, his current position in the House of Lords, and his current very interesting views on politics. So here is a quick preview from Leading with Michael Heseltine out right now. To hear the rest, just search Leading wherever you get your podcasts. But for now, enjoy this sneak peek. When Margaret Thatcher died, how did you feel? What, did, what was your assessment of her life and, and legacy and, and her role in your life? We had, a, a, as colleagues, a, a, a very good relationship. I mean, that doesn't mean to say we liked each other or were friends. That, that, that's ridiculous. That's not the nature of the relationships of people in business or universities or hospitals or politics. But you work alongside someone, with someone, and sometimes you work for somebody. And in my experience with Margaret, she knew what I believed, and it often coincided with what she believed. Indeed, in some, in some curious ways, um, she tried to use me to change the process of government. There was a, a disastrous evening, because if you look at the number of ministers who actually ran their departments and ran them the way Margaret wanted... I come out top of the, the queue. I mean, I closed down more quangos even than Keith Joseph. I beat him by one. I ran down my department by 3% per annum, which was way in ahead of what everyone else was doing. And Margaret looked at the techniques I was using and thought they were so impressive that she um, invited me to give a, what frankly was a tutorial to the cabinet. It was a disaster. You can imagine. I mean, because it meant really Teacher's detailed pet. graft and and exploration of things like organograms and uh, and uh, spreadsheets and you know, and, and you can imagine Quentin Hailsham and Willie Whitelaw sitting there being told by this extraordinary phenomenon from the Welsh valleys, well, not the valleys, but from Swansea, and there was a small businessman and all this telling us. You know, the great figures of historic... What would Willie Whitelaw have been like as Prime Minister? People thought that he had a good chance against Mr. I, I supported him uh, against Margaret. What, what would he have been like as a Prime Minister? Well, <laughs> uh, look, you, you would never know because it's what you would never know is what people will be like under pressure. Um, but I think he'd have been a, a good Prime Minister. Uh, I, the, on the big, the descending issue of uh, the trade union in power, which was 
actually where 1979 pushed us. There was complete unity in the cabinet. Indeed, the extraordinary thing about Margaret's cabinet is it was Ted's cabinet given the second chance. Mm. Uh, and that was invaluable because we were battle-hardened and experienced and we knew what we were going to do. There was no dissent and Willie would have done it uh, in, in the same way that we all did it. And, and again, uh, quite in my view, perfectly understandably, we didn't win the first confrontation with the miners. Uh, we had to c- compromise. But that merely hardened the view. We can't let them get away with this. And it was a, a, a brilliant exercise. Uh, uh, Peter Walker, Nigel Lawson, uh, who just piled up the uh, uh, the coal at the pits uh, and, and the power stations. Can I come in to ask Alistair on this? So you, presumably your political memory of this is very, very different from Michael's. Right? When you hear about the, the miracle of how brilliant they were in taking on the miners and how extraordinary Peter Walker and Nigel Lawson were in stockpiling and his memory of the early 80s. Yours is very different, right? Well, no, I, I think, no, it's not different. And no. I think that's where, that's where it ended. Uh, but along the way, there was an awful lot of really difficult stuff going on politically, which became the kind of fire of politics at that time. And c- can I invite you to sort of speak more from the Labour point of view through the early 80s and how you would have responded listening to this speech from 1980 to 1986? Well, the way Michael's talking about taking on the unions and the strikes and the early well, there's no doubt that's what that's what they were doing, and I think I think that part but, but of but emotionally, what, how do you feel? Um, how did you feel at the time? How I felt what was well, your memory I was, of that? I was at that time on the on the Daily Mirror, <laughs> uh, very occasionally in the back of Michael's car as he drove around the country, stirring up his own positive profile. Can I put it like that? Stirring up a slightly different agenda to the one being taken forward by his wonderful leader. Um, and I also remember the Labour, there, there was a much clearer divide, I think, between the parties at that time and a lot of these big economic and social issues than maybe during the time when I was then on the other side of the political fence with Tony Blair. Um, but listen, but Margaret Thatcher, I, your question about Willie Whitelaw, I think if Willie Whitelaw had become Prime Minister, I'd, as Michael says, we'll never know, I don't think we'd still be talking about him in the way that we still talk about Margaret Thatcher as a figure of radical change. I think Willie would have been a try and quieten the horses and keep things on a on a nice steady track. Well I think I think you are right uh, that Margaret was a particularly uh, uh, reactive personality. I've always said about Margaret there were two Margarets, one here, the gut, one here. This was very high quality. Which was more powerful, the brain or the gut? The brain in the end. And and there were so many examples of that. But just going back to your question to Alistair, which uh, let me help him. The real, <laughs> the real confrontation was 1968, Barbara Castle and Harold Wilson, white paper in, in place, place of strife. strife. And so the Labour I was, government, in, I was 11. Uh, well, you see, I was much rather older. <laughs> you were in the House of Commons. Yes, I was yeah, in the House yeah. of Commons, yes. Um, so I was in my 30s. The Labour government knew that the union power had to be confronted. Okay, they didn't do it, and we can, there's plenty of reasons why. I think Jim Callaghan wasn't keen on doing what Harold Wilson wanted to do. But in the end, he played the price because the winter of discontent of 1978 was perhaps one of the most acute social tensions of our modern time, and that was under a Labour government, and that was a year before we came to power in 79. So although 
you can argue whether it's Tory or Labour who did it. The fact is that all governments knew this issue had to be confronted. So there you go. That was a quick sneak preview of Rory and me speaking to Lord Heseltine. Things get a little bit heated with a few polite disagreements later on. But if you want to hear the full interview, you just have to search Leading wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to hear new episodes every Monday. That's Leading, L-E-A-D-I-N-G, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. See you over on the Leading feed. Maybe chat to you on Discord. And we'll be back here on The Rest is Politics on Wednesday for our regular podcast. 